Hello and welcome to the CDI podcast. I'm Shelby Fiegel, Director of the Center for Community and Economic Development at the University of Central Arkansas. Today I'm speaking with two team members from our partners at Retail Strategies, Clay Craft and Jen Gregory. Clay is the Vice President of Client Services and Jen is the President of Downtown Strategies. Um, so Clay and Jen, I'm so excited to speak with you guys today. Yeah, Shelby, thank you so much for having us. It's a privilege and, and honor to, to talk about our, our favorite subject. So thank you for thank you for hosting us today. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have listened to CDI podcast far, but we have a we have a pretty streamlined way that we lay out the podcast. And the first thing we always like to ask, and this is probably actually my favorite part of the podcast, um, is to get to know each of you a little bit better and learn about your background and how you got where you are today. So uh, that's where we're going to start is um, with your background. How'd you end up in the position you're in today? And I think we'll start off with Jim. Hey, Shelby. Well, thank you so much for having us. And I actually um, have a funny story. I used to be a client of Retail Strategies. So that's how I got to know the team. Um, I am originally from Alabama, where our home office is. But for the last um, about 18 years, I've been in Starkville, Mississippi which is a college town and of course has a Mississippi State University. So I was a student there and started my career in community development and downtown revitalization in Starkville. Um, worked for really a, a good number of years developing, revitalizing downtown Starkville and then worked with other college towns um, really throughout the South and throughout the Southeastern part of the country. Hired retail strategies while I was in community and economic development and just really got to know the team, developed a huge amount of respect for the team and the work that they do. And after a couple of other career opportunities including working for the federal government and doing consulting on my own, I joined up with Retail Strategies to help start the Downtown Strategies platform that we have. So it's been a real pleasure and I've been on this team now for just about two years. So Jen, I have a funny story. The reason I want to start off with you is we actually have a mutual connection that I just learned about recently. And um, so we're working with uh, Dr. Jeremy Murdoch and uh, I mean, uh, Dr. Joe Fertizzi and Jeremy Murdoch uh, with Mississippi State University. And they said, oh, hey, we know Jen. She actually <laughs> lives on our street. <laughs> it's cool. And I was like, what? <laughs> so that was really, really cool. Um, and I let them know that you're going to be on the podcast with us. And they were super excited and had great things to say about you. So that is wonderful. It is a small world. We all three live in downtown Starkville. And in fact, I just had dinner with Jeremy last night. So it's a timely coincidence as well. That is so funny. Well, they are awesome. I just wanted to shoot that little connection out before uh, going over to Clay. So Clay, uh, same question to you. What's your background? How'd you end up where you are today? Yeah, I, I took a pretty unconventional route myself. Um, you know, certainly I, I went to Auburn University, got my master's in landscape architecture um, and, and the dictation in that that program is heavily intertwined with the community planning department. Um, so, so during my during my tenure at Auburn in, in that program, we, we worked very closely, you know, working with communities. Uh, it was very common for for you know communities in, in Alabama, Georgia, and Mississippi to to basically you know outsource uh, you know initiatives through through the through the landscape architecture and community program because it was great reps for us and it was free free work for them. So, so through that, I, I really I really created a passion. Um, 
and, and for, for you know, community building and, and making our, our cities and places we live better, better places to live, work and, and, and have fun. Um, so, you know, I, I bounced around after after school and a couple couple different career paths. And I, I had a friend uh, that, that worked for our sister company, Retail Specialist. So our our company was born out of a retail brokerage and development house. And, and he was telling me about the company. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, very unconventional, unconventional route. Uh, but, but, you know, learning about retail strategies and, and, and the mission was just, you know, trust-based relationships to make, to make our communities a better place to live. And, and while retail is in our name, you know, that's, that's certainly not, not where our, the, our value stops. We're, we're, we're all about, you know, if, if cities and communities have problems, you know, we're here to solve it. We're, we're answering the, answering the, the bell. And, and, and one of the big reasons we brought Jen was to, you know, all of our, all of our clients that, that hire us to bring in national retail was like, hey, we love what you're doing on our national retail corridors. What can you do for our downtown? And and luckily, we just we just found a found a rock star in Jen Gregory, and, and uh, she's 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 been been a huge asset to us. So that's a little bit about my background. Very unconventional, you know. Most people come into our company without without real estate experience, and that's that's great. Um, we we bring them in and coach them up. So. Well, you say unconventional, Clay. Um, I've talked to someone who was formerly a hairdresser um, <laughs> and is now an economic developer at a fairly large city in Oklahoma. So That's um, <laughs> I think the unconventional route just defines everyone that is in community and economic development. You know, I always make the joke when we grow up, uh, when we're in kindergarten, nobody's out there saying, oh, I want to recruit retail on a national level or I want to run a chamber of commerce one day. It's just probably not, not right? a vision yeah, it's not, for us. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, so we're going to kickstart some of our questions for you all. So obviously we're going to be talking a lot about retail and about downtown because those are your specialties. So first and foremost, I just want to introduce our audience to retail strategies. Uh, what services do you all offer communities? And I'll let Clay kick that off. Sure. Well, our, our bread and butter uh, of our company, what our kind of our, our flagship model, if you will, is our is our full service retail recruitment services. Um, essentially, that is a community identifies that they have a deficit of retail, um, whether they want to build their tax base, whether they want to increase quality of life. So, so our our, our method there is 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 fairly simple uh, in a, in a nutshell. Um, but we're we're partnering with the community. We provide them the data, the demographics. Um, we we break those down through the lens of a of of, of how a retailer, a broker, a developer are looking at their markets. It's very important to to understand your your audience there. Um, from there, we we catalog their 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 best retail uh, assets, um, and and then we come up with a prospect list of of retailers that that we know that are growing in the region. They're growing nationally. Um, and, and really that makes sense for their market. Um, you know, and, and some people think, you, you know, we, we might stop there, but that's really only the beginning of what we offer. What, what really is our secret sauce is, is our relationships in the industry. So, so, you know, within the first, you know, 90 days of a partnership with the community, everything I mentioned, they, they now have. What, what, what really is the value that we bring to communities is when, when you hire retail strategies, we are then taking those relationships and making proactive recruitment efforts to those retailers, brokers, and developers that we, that we are you know, on first name basis with. So, so really our main goal there is to highlight the opportunities within the market and get, it, get exposure to, to retailers. 
Um, and you know, you know, a successful partnership is, is defined by by bringing in new new retailers. But there's a, there's a lot of other intangible things that, that come with that as well. The uh, the the second part to that, <clears throat> excuse me, the second part to that is our retail academy program, and that was this is this is a, a model where you know we you know let's just say that some communities might not have the budget to for our flagship model, the re retail recruitment strategies. Um, but but they still they still need something you know they they still need help they they still want retail everybody wants retail of course um, but retail academy was was a program that was developed to essentially you know we would bring a community into Birmingham or we would go to that community um, and, and host a day long training training session where where we break down the their market look at their demographics their analytics help them craft a, an elevator pitch um, we we, we catalog their properties for them, give them, uh, give, give them those lists of properties. We, we give them the retailers and we, we really coach them how to interact and talk to these retailers and developers. So it's more of a, a, a it's called Retail Academy because we're, of course, we're, we're training and, and, and providing edu education to the communities, but it's a, it's a much, much smaller interaction, uh, you know, lower price point, really, really, you know, appeases, uh, you know, more communities. Yeah, thank you, Clay, for that great overview. And I was already familiar, you know, with some of the programming that you all do, but I think that's a really good reference point for our audience um, if they're interested in reaching out to retail strategies. And I know, Jen, um, since you're kind of the downtown side of all of this, you have a little bit different perspective on some of the services that you can offer specifically for downtowns. Um, so is there anything you want to add? Yeah, absolutely, Shelby. So, you know, like Clay said earlier, our company really listens to our clients and our partners. Relationships are so important. And so as Retail Academy was born out of a need to serve smaller communities with smaller budgets, um, just like Clay said, Downtown Strategies was born out of a need that our clients identified. So, what we primarily assist communities with within downtown strategies is um, strategic planning. You know, from my time as a practitioner of downtown revitalization, I had experience with working with design firms that created master plans that were beautiful and visionary and really left me super excited. But the implementation component and really building that community buy-in was challenging. Resources were tight, and I knew that getting to a 20-year plan was you know, a very large-scale project. Um, and so what we offer at Downtown Strategies is really something that we feel like fills the gap. It's a five-year strategic planning process. So we start off with our strategic visioning workshop where we visit with the community in their market. We tour their downtown on our feet, you know, on a walking tour. Um, we meet with stakeholders, really hear from them, and then create market-driven, asset-based strategic plans that are highly implementable. That is really the foundation of our service there. And so lastly, you know, throughout the last year, throughout COVID, um, really honing in on that topic and that theme of listening, you know, we weren't doing a lot of in-market work for several months. We were really just talking with our partners. We talked with you, Shelby, during that time and really tried to understand what communities were facing, what their challenges were, and what we kept hearing over and over again 
was that the small businesses, the local mom and pop businesses were really struggling. You know, there was federal funding coming down, but the small businesses didn't really know how to access it. Um, and more importantly, you know, over 60% of those small businesses did not have an online presence prior to COVID um, on a national average. And so they had no way to interact with their customers. And so throughout the last year, we've also developed um, a series of services directed towards supporting small businesses. Um, it's been super fun and rewarding to see that program really develop and for our team to work hand in hand with the municipality and the, lo the localities throughout the country that we serve, but also with their businesses to help them with things like connecting with delivery services, claiming their digital presence on Yelp, um, getting an omni-channel retail strategy within their operation and, and just things like that. So um, we're always growing. We're always kind of changing because we want to be good partners. As Clay said, we really want to take advantage of those relationships that we have and, and help our partners move forward. And I think you hit some buzzwords that always like make my eyes light up and joy, market driven, asset driven, um, and implementable. <laughs> That's one of my favorite words um, <laughs> is keeping things realistic and um, that you can implement and create change. Um, so thank you both for sharing. And now I have um, some questions specifically for each of you. And um, Clay, I'll, I'll start off with you again. So based on your experience, how can communities better position themselves for retail recruitment? And I'm sure you guys hear this every day, all day. What can we do um, to bring retail into our community? So Clay, I'm sure you have like the perfect answer for this, right? <laughs> I might not have the perfect answer, but I've got a lot of answers for you. So maybe, maybe, maybe the sum of all those answers will, will equal one one good answer. But, um, but you know, I would say I, I get answered. I get asked this question all the time. Um, you know, I would say if if I had to say one thing, just one overarching tip to any community, you know, trying to trying to position themselves for for, for retail is 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 one thing that's actually fairly in in your control. And that's that's make your community a, a better place to live. And that's that's, you know, crime infrastructure, you know, make sure you have proper lighting. Um, you know, the, the thing to think about is especially, you know, you think about franchisee driven driven restaurant businesses. You know, a lot of these franchisee companies are, are large corporations. They have hundreds of locations. But but more often than not, you know, these these franchise business are, are one to three location operators. So they're truly a small business. They might have a national flag, but they are owned and operated by a small business. And and and, and a lot of times, you know, the you know, if if, a, if one of those franchisee brands are looking, you know, to come into your market, it, it's not uncommon for that business owner to move to your to move to your market. So if you know if they if they come to your city and they drive around and it, it seems unsafe, not somewhere where they're where they want to you know move their family to, you know, you might get passed over by that national brand because that small business owner, you know, does not want to have you know does not want their family to grow up in that community. So you know, I would say there's a lot of things that are out of a city's control. One thing that you can you can have a certain degree of control over is is you know is making your 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 city better better place to live and very much easier said than done and there's a lot that goes into that you know I, I'll say other things just specific to you know actually communicating with and and talking to retailers you know 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 your market know know your attributes know you know 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 the language that retailers speak. 
um, you know, very, very often when I, when I, when we begin a partnership and I'm, you know, I'm, let's say for instance, I'm driving the market with my, with my, with my point of contact, you know, they, they want to show the parks and they want to talk about the, the festivals they have. And those are all great and tremendous things. And they go to that quality of life. But when you're talking to a retailer, that's not what they want to hear. They want to know the population. They want to know what are the, what are the, what are the daytime population drivers? They want to know the household income. So, so really, you know, if you can, if you can craft a 30 second, 30 second elevator pitch that you can quickly and concisely, you know, can convey what your community has to offer and, and hit the high points and address the weaknesses. Um, you know, that's, that, that would be my best advice. Um, if you're emailing a, a retailer, you know, two or three sentences max, um, you, you would, your mind would be blown if you knew just fully how many, you know, outreach uh, email responses that the retailers get per day. It, it's not uncommon for, for, a, you know, let's just say a, a real estate director for Chick-fil-A to get 500 to a thousand emails per day. So, you know, how do you make yourself stand out? How do you not waste your time? It's, it's about being very, very, very clear and, and concise. You know, policy-driven decisions. Uh, you know, we, we, we literally get hired by, by cities across the country to help, you know, help get the word out that we are no longer a community that, that has, you know, hundreds of yards of red tape to cut through to, to develop. Um, you know, so, so, you know, just making sure that there's not, there's not piles of red tape to cut through and a lot of hoops to, to, to jump over. If you can create an A to Z uh, development program that if someone's looking to build in your community, it's, it's very straightforward and laid out. You know, that's a, that's a huge incentive to someone that, that wants to locate in your community. Um, you know, Arkansas maybe doesn't have as many tools as, as some of the states in the country, but, but I would say, you know, it, it's, you know, some people run away from it and some people are scared of the word and I even hate to, to use the word in, in some, in some groups, but incentives really make the world go around with, with retailers. Because if you think about it from a, from a developer's side, you know, the historically rents have stayed, you know, historically flat, you know, the, the rent that Chick-fil-A was paying today, they they were paying about the same rent 15 years ago. If you look at the price of lumber, now, you know, 200% over the last couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, the, the, you know the, the building costs have gone up astronomically. The rents have stayed the same. So what, what that, that delta is, is, is broadening. And, and you know, I, I would just say know, know the policies that, that are local to you and, and know how to leverage those because really incentives do, do make the retail world go round. Thanks, Clay. And I really appreciate you did this, I think, unknowingly, but our team at UCA, our driving force, our catchphrase is community development facilitates economic development. And so everything you said really ties into that message of you really need a good product in your community to develop those other products, like uh, having a good um, retail you know, environment in your community. Absolutely. So I really appreciated that. And um one and that, that list, I think, like you said, of all the things that you think could help a community um, create that recruitment strategy, um, it, I, I call it a perfect answer. I'm not, I'm not a retail expert, but I'm going to go ahead and give you that distinction. That was the perfect answer. Well, thank you. Um, one, one thing I will add is I, I, I did write, I, I wrote a piece for our company called the Top Ten Real Estate Tips. Um, we, we, it's on our website. We'll, we'll, we can post that in the show notes, but feel free to, to link to that and download it. Um, it, it can be your, 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 your guide to uh, recruiting retail into your market. Yeah, absolutely. And like Clay said, we're going to make sure that that's linked um, in the description of the podcast and on our website. So be sure to check that out because that's some really great information. 
And so now I'm going to switch over to Jen and we're going to talk about downtown again. So Jen, in your opinion, what traits do communities with thriving downtowns have? Yeah, that's, you know, that's so important because so many communities do have historic downtowns. Some really don't have that historic inventory, but they do want to create that sense of place. And I think there are some, some traits that, that all communities can really implement and, and can have to, to create that place that everyone wants to gather. And the first is walkability. Um, you know, in order to really have that thriving atmosphere where people are seen from the cars, you know, that's what makes you want to stop, right? If you're driving through an area and you see people, they're eating outside, they're walking on the sidewalks, you notice that there's activity. And so walkability is so important. Certainly to, to get that walkability, you do need those dedicated pathways like sidewalks or multi-use paths, but also really think Thinking about connectivity, you know, how is your downtown connected to those residential areas, to parks, um, to other assets in your community? So those are definitely, you know, walkability is is a, a, a number one priority for really getting that um, that activity that that we all want. The second is residential density, and that can come in several forms. You know. Um, and, and more of our metro downtowns that have a larger population, we are working with those communities to help them really, you know, develop um, codes and zoning that supports mixed use buildings where there could potentially be commercial space on the ground floor and lofts or condos or apartments upstairs, getting the people not only to shop downtown and eat downtown, but also live so that we start to create this 24-7 little ecosystem of commerce and, and activity and life. But for smaller communities that might not really have the opportunity or the demand for that downtown condo living, oftentimes those historic neighborhoods are literally right outside of the downtown. They're just right there. And so focusing on making those connections, um, both for pedestrian walkways, but also um, through gateways, uh, making sure that people that live in those areas can easily get to the downtown, that they think about it, that it's really a seamless connection. So residential density would be the second. Um, the third is vitality. You know, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about, but what what is vitality? Well, to me, you know, first of all, it's how does the, the downtown look? Um, you know, just clean and neat and coordinated. A lot of times a fresh coat of paint can go such a long way. Um, so definitely from an aesthetic perspective, we want to see vitality, but also, you know, to get the people out and about, like we mentioned earlier, you know, we really want to see events, festivals, um, ladies night out, wine tasting, you know, whatever it might be, these kind of coordinated retail promotion events that that create a buzz that, hey, something's happening downtown. It's a cool place. We should go check it out. And how do you get all of these three things? Well, you know, we definitely think that those are attainable at every budget, um, at every community size, but communities really do need to have a plan um, you know, a, a, a vision of some sort that the chamber, economic development, the university, the college, the school system, the city, 
everybody, the merchants, the property owners, they can all get on board with and start moving in the same direction with, with all of their different resources. So those are just a few key traits that, that we've identified of communities that have really vibrant downtowns. Thanks, Jen. And um, I just 100% agree with everything both of you have shared up to this point. Um, and I think that everything you've shared is so helpful for our listener base. And so I'm gonna change gears slightly from the questions I just asked you. And I really love this next question because I think this is probably one of the most important pieces of a community success. So I know that Retail Strategies has partnered with so many great communities across the nation over the years, but I really want us to focus on the traits and characteristics that you've seen from leaders within those cities that make them and their communities a benchmark um, that other communities could use um, to create success at the local level. So uh, again, what are those traits and characteristics from city leaders that you've seen that make them successful? And Jen, I'm gonna let you take that first. Okay, sure. Well, I love this question, Shelby, and it's the game changer. You know, I mean, I think we, as you mentioned, we work with communities all across the country, coast to coast. Um, and when we think about what really helps get that community over the hump or across the finish line, it's not money, it's leadership. And so I love this question. And from a downtown perspective, I think the the biggest um, winning trait that I've seen is a city leader that listens. You know, um, so often we've all been in government. There's a short term, there's a short window of things that leaders, elected officials specifically want to get done. Um, even those economic development and chamber directors, you know, they're trying to make their mark. But it's so hard, and I've made this mistake before, of really trying to do programs and projects that I believe in myself. You can't do it all yourself. You've got to have that community buy-in um, and that community spirit, and it enhances what, what you're wanting to do so much. And so listening is really the first trait that I'd like to suggest. Um, and then the other is communication. You know, um, this goes back to kind of that same element of we can't do it alone. We need partners. And so when in my work as a practitioner and as a consultant, seeing communities, the ones that win are the ones that really kind of put aside those boundaries and those territorial lines and say, how can we all work together for this common goal? And so that means nonprofits, that means economic development agencies, elected officials, county, city, um, and even the private sector, really pulling in those partnerships leads to just a dynamite um, effort and effect at the end. Thanks, Jen. And um, I know this can probably be kind of a hard question too, because there's so many things that make up uh, great quality leaders, but I think you hit on some great marks. And so now I'm going to turn it over to Clay and ask him the same question. Absolutely. And Jen pretty much took the words out of my mouth. So I'll, I'll just kind of reiterate what, what she said, um, you know, but but really, you know, when I, when I think about all the uh, all the amazing community leaders that I've worked with over over the years, uh, you know, one one thing that's vitally important is is really that they can 
they can you know take a step outside themselves and see their community through the eyes of others and, and understand that sometimes as community leaders we're all very similar backgrounds similar desires and wants and and really re we represent a, a larger community that has you know differing opinions and goals and, and it's just making sure that we we build a cohesive community that's that's really reflective of of, of everyone in that community um you know to to kind of to go along with that, you know, the you you have to be a, a local champion, and and by that I mean, you know, I'm I'm always blown away and amazed by by really the you know the the passion that 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 people in in, in public works, you know, have. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's a very thank thankless job. Uh, it's it's a job that you never you hardly ever get commended for your successes, and if you have any any failures, you you never stop hearing about them. So you know, it's a it's a very you know. It's a very underappreciated job, but but I'm never it never ceases to amaze me that the passion that the community leaders work with. Um, so I would just say, you know, be be a local champion. That that that's what it takes. You you have to you have to be that bulldog on the ground that's not not afraid to step on toes and and, and really see the greater good. And, and also, you know, find find the local champions in your community. Find find people that are also on the in the private sector that are that are passionate about investing in the community because really really if you're a small community it's going to take two or three you know locals that 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 carry that same passion that have the capital to make those make those investments to you know th those are going to be the catalyst type projects that, that set your community on the on the path for success yeah and i'm glad you ended with that clay of finding those community champions because oftentimes when you use the word community leader, city leader, we often automatically think of elected officials. And while they're a very important piece, like you said, in rural America, especially, it is so much more than that elected leadership from your city council and your mayor. Um, it goes deeper into the community. And a community leader is just anyone, like you said, that has that passion um, and can move their community forward. Um, and be the champion of their community. So I love that message. Um, so to both of you, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I know you have very busy schedules and this has been so enlightening. I know for me, um, as well as our listeners, and we look forward to continue to work with retail strategies. We're currently working with you all in the city of Wynn and we're some other projects and a little birdie told me that there may be a project with Arkansas Economic Development Commission coming up. So everybody stay tuned for more details about that. And um, definitely check out the Retail Strategies website uh, for Clay and Jen's contact information, all the services they offer, because they really are great partners to work with. So thank you both again for joining me. Well, thank you for having us, Shelby. It's been, it's been our pleasure and it's, it's been, a, been a fun time spent with you. Thanks. Thanks so, oh, yeah. So for our listeners on upcoming episodes, the CDI podcast will continue to feature CDI graduates, participants, speakers, community partners, and community and economic development experts from across Arkansas, the Mid-South, and the nation. We hope you join us next week on the CDI podcast.